So what comes to your mind when you hear the phrase, the squeaky wheel gets the grease? Probably uh, whoever whines the loudest and who complains the longest is going to get what they want, right? It, you find it in every area of life. You find it at kids at the, at the toy section of a store. They want something. They're going to keep whining and keep crying to find the mom and dad has said, I've had enough. Whatever's going to make you quiet, I'm going to do in order so I'm not embarrassed. Kids have learned that. I don't think it's something, I don't know if there's something you have to learn. I think it might just be something that uh, you just naturally know. You, your parents don't want to be embarrassed, and so the kids are, are willing to do that. Uh, in life, uh, if you're an employer, you maybe have experienced this, where you have an employee that comes to you day after day, week after week, wanting a raise. And finally, the employer says, okay, I've, I've had enough. You can finally have this raise. Just leave me alone. Okay, the squeaky wheel gets to grease. Or even the guy who's persistent and calling for a date. Moms, dads, watch your daughters, okay? A guy persistent in asking for a date just keeps asking, just keeps asking. Finally, the girl says, okay, we'll go on one date. And from that point on, he's Prince Charming, and she's happy to go with him, uh, and they live happily ever after. Uh, but I want to look at this phrase of being the squeaky wheel gets the grease a little bit differently. Not, not being loud and whiny or obnoxious to get what we want, but look at it from the viewpoint of somebody who is persistent, someone who is not going to give up, somebody who is determined. And when it comes to praying, I want to encourage you to be that squeaky wheel, to be the person who's persistent, who's determined, who's in it for the long haul, because that's what we're going to be looking at today about the persistent widow, somebody who says, I'm not going to give up. I'm going back day after day until I finally get the justice that I need. We're going to be in Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 8. Again, it's or Luke 18, chapter 1 through 8. It's the parable of the persistent widow. We're going to find out that uh, her persistence paid off. And, then as, and uh, as we are persistent in prayer, that's going to pay off for us as well. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. It says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. But there was also a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. Verse 6, And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust just judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? who cry out to him day and night, will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Let's pray again. God, again, I just thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you are giving us the opportunity to be persistent, to be stubborn in our prayers, God, and that you want us to and that you care enough to listen to us over and over. Help us, God, to have that uh, determination. God, we know that uh, you are a God who cares about us, who sees the big picture, and I know that we don't understand everything that happens, but uh, help us to trust you even when things don't work out the way we want. Again, God, I just pray for your words to say right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so first of all, we have this example of persistence. This is a parable. This is a story told to teach a lesson. It was, it was shared in a certain way so that you look, compare it to your own life, and see how do I need to respond differently based off of what I heard. And I, I, as I was doing my studies to this, this passage, I, ca I came across uh, this idea about what a judge is. In the Jewish culture that day, they would have three judges. 
you would have the, the, per, the plaintiff, or the, how about the, the, the plaintiff, the defendant, and, the, and then you would have one for the impartial. So each person would get the judge of their choice, and there would be somebody else who was put there, and the three would have to decide what is the fair verdict for this person, for whatever the case may be. Well, in this situation, you have one judge. And this guy would be appointed by uh, Herod or by the Roman uh, government to be the judge. So this guy, all by himself, could be as partial or as impartial as he wanted to be. Judges of that day did not have a good reputation. They were known uh, to pervert justice for a dish of meat. Uh, they were thought about uh, what their goal was kind of the almighty shekel. In our culture, it's the almighty dollar. In their culture, it was the almighty shekel that they were after. Now, we have this, this judge who doesn't care about God, doesn't care about man, who, who's all about what's going to uh, fill up his pockets, and you have this widow who has nothing. She's not going to bode well. She can't even hardly take care of herself, let alone satisfy whatever this judge says is the payment in order for me to give you the verdict that I want. So this is a very tough situation this woman comes, uh, finds herself in. And we're going to look at this. She only has one option. She only has one choice, one offensive weapon, but we're not there yet. So first of all, this judge, he didn't fear God. He didn't fear God uh, in, in this life. He didn't fear God in what the life was to come. He, all he cared about was himself. He wasn't accountable to anybody. He had his own moral standard, his own conscience that he could sear, that he could set aside in order to receive everything that he wanted because he didn't care about God. There's no, there's no authority that I have to be accountable to. I can make whatever decisions that I want to make. This guy also didn't care about people. He didn't care about this woman, uh, about what dire, stressful situation that she was in. He didn't care about that she was a widow, that she was poor, that she had nothing to her name to defend herself. He says, I don't care. All I want is that mighty shekel in my hand. But he also didn't care about his reputation because it's not going to take long for word to get around that a judge is unjust, that you have to bribe him, that you have to pay him in order to get what you want. He says, I don't care. There's nobody that's going to move me. There's no one that's going to stop me. This woman cannot take me to the Better Business Bureau. There's no higher form of government that she can take it to. So I'm, I'm free to do whatever I want, and I'm going to take full advantage of this. Poor woman. She has absolutely nothing except for she has one offensive weapon. Anybody have any idea what that is? She has God, but how is she going to get to God? She's going to pray. She's going to be that squeaky will. She's going to be persistent. That is the only thing that she has that she can do. Yes, Tristan? Nice job. Good job. Thank you. And she, uh, she's, she's showing importunity, a word we looked at in the past that shows shameless persistence, boldness. She's going to go day after day uh, in order to get what she wants. Now, how many people think that that was the only widow or the only person who ever found themselves in a situation where a judge was unjust to them? I bet there were lots of people who would go to the judge and would pay him off, but the people who couldn't pay him off would go to the judge probably once, probably twice, and they'd say, okay, that's enough. This judge is not going to rule in my favor. I guess I'm just at a loss. I'm just going to have to make the best I can with what I have. She may have been the only person who ever got what she wanted, the justice that she needed, because she was willing to be persistent. Now think about finding yourself in that kind of situation. Is there any guarantee that when you go to the judge over and over again that he's going to change his mind? No. 
Uh, th there is no guarantee. He should because that's a position that he is put in to be fair, to be just, to make the right decision for the person who's coming to him for help. But this guy obviously doesn't care. Do you think it's easy for this woman to go to the judge over and over again? She's about the, the lowest person on the totem pole. She's a widow. She's a woman. And that culture didn't mean much. I mean, I love women in this culture. So you just pat yourself on the back and say, that's not what Josh made, okay? But in that culture, she was, she was low. She didn't have much of a mouthpiece. And she says, I'm going to go back, and it's going to be hard every day. I hear no. I hear no. But she went over and over. Now, I find, if I find myself in that situation, I'm sorry. I am not a persistent person. I'm not somebody who's going, if I ever come and ask you to do something, I will ask you one time. Okay, if you tell me no, I'm never going to ask it again. And that could have bit me in the backside one time because when I was dating Leslie, uh, we, we were dating, it was like three months, and I was like, this is a girl I want to marry. Uh, she was going to go to Alaska and work in a fish cannery. And I thought, this is the perfect spot to propose. I didn't have a ring, but I didn't have one I proposed. Uh, there was this bridge over the Spokane River, the sunset, everything was nice. It was like a, a dream situation. And I almost got down on my knees and popped the question. But guess what she would have said? No. She would have said no. And guess what I would have done? Okay, I guess this isn't going to work out. And it's not a good thing. I mean, this is a very bad example of what did I miss out on had I asked, because she would have said no, because I was not persistent. But that's a struggle that I have. So here's the verdict. Because this judge says, I don't care about God, I don't care about man, this woman says, I'm going to be persistent anyway. You find out the verdict, verses 4 to 5. It says, for some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. This judge finally gave in. Why? Why did he finally give in? Did he all of a sudden have this fear that God's going to hold me accountable for my decisions? No. Did he all of a sudden look at this woman as, this could be my mother, and this, she could be in a dire situation? No. He didn't care less. She came time after time, time, and I think his heart would have just got hardened, and hardened like, I've heard your sob story before. I don't care. The reason that he changed his mind was purely selfish. He says, I don't want this woman coming to me over and over, wearing me out to try to get a verdict in her favor, so fine. I'm going to get rid of the problem, and I'm going to give her what she needs. Nice guy, right? At least he gave in and gave her what she needed. That was an example of perseverance. And you probably can think of in your own life examples of perseverance. Perseverance to get your girl. Perseverance to get your job. Perseverance to get uh, your car that you, you're saving up to get because you said, I want this. I don't care what anybody else says. I'm going to do this. So we have examples of persistence. Now we have the call to be persistent, verses 6 through 8. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust just judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, if we think about kind of what we talked about last week with Jesus' second coming, we continue this, this line of thought into this passage. There's a lot of, uh, we looked at when Jesus comes back, it's going to be at the end of the tribulation. He's going to reign for his thousand years. And when he comes back at that point, 
Is he going to find that there are people who are still trusting him? Is he going to find people who are still relying on him, or did they all walk away because of what they were going through? Uh, Matthew 24, uh, there's a list of a few things that people might have to go through. It says, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ, and will see many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See to it that you, you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. You know, we, we, we know from the news and in the culture today that across the seas there's wars. There's, there's rumors of wars. There's nations fighting against nations. There's famines and there's earthquakes. And it's like we know that's a, that exists, but as long as it's over there, I'm okay. I'm not going through a famine. Uh, my house didn't get burned down. I, I, didn't, uh, I don't have war on my back step, and so I feel like it's okay. It doesn't bother me so much. But if people are going through that, all of a sudden, they have lots of doubts in their mind that God is really good, that how could he allow this to happen to me if I'm trusting him? But it gets worse. Verse 9 says, Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. It says, At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Makes it even more easy to see why people would, would Jesus would be asking, are you gonna, Am I going to find faith? People are going through all these hardships all the time, and then all of a sudden, my brother's going to turn me over to the authorities because I'm a Christian. All of a sudden, my family's, my son's going to be put to death because he's a believer. And it says here, verse 12, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most is going to grow cold. That means the majority of people. So if I'm, if I'm struggling, uh, like the, the disciples, we're struggling to try to live for the Lord. I see everybody else doing what they're not supposed to do. Is it hard to stay on the straight and narrow? You're trying to burn bright. Everybody else is doing whatever they want to do. Wouldn't it be easier to do that as well? And because people see that it's, they seem to get away with it because they, it seems like it's okay, I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of, having a, uh, of trying to be a bright and shining light to do the right thing because everybody else seems to get away with it. it. It's not something that's going to be easy for them. And Jesus says, when I come back, is there going to be faith on the earth? Am I going to see people waiting for me, see people who are ready? Because there's going to be lots of people on the earth at that point. But the majority of them, most of them, are want nothing to do with Jesus. So for the few people who are there, it is going to be very difficult to try to keep living for the Lord. But will he find faith? It says when he comes back, justice will be served. All those people who are tortured, who are betrayed, who are put to death, are going to get justice. Romans chapter 12, verses 17 to 21. It's a, you'll recognize this once we start reading this. Romans chapter 12, verses 17 to 21. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Boy, would that be nice. Wouldn't that be easy to do? It says, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. He is going to take care of it. At some point, he will do something. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If, the, if he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. 
Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And it says justice will come quickly. And there are people who go their whole lifetime and they never see justice. doesn't sound very quick to me. You know, I think of somebody badmouths me or slaps me or hates me at, at this point, does something mean to me. I want justice right now, right? I don't want to be waiting for God to do it in his time. Uh, but the Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 8, 9 that, that with the, the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. He's not concerned about the time frame that you and I are concerned with. He's going to take care of it at some point. So we just, just got to put it in his hand and say, okay, God's going to take care of this. And that is difficult to do. But the situation will be remedied. God will take care of it. Now, I told you, I struggle with this, this idea of importunity, this idea of persistence. I almost didn't get married to Leslie because of that if I would have asked. I just, I, I struggle with it. And a, a part of this, the reason that I struggle is because I know that people have free will. I, I know that there's, there's these ladies back home who are praying for their husbands. And they've been praying for days and for months and for years. I, I went to school with the daughters, and they're still praying. I mean, like 30 years, 40 years. And I just you know what, those guys may never come to know the Lord. I, I do not have that kind of persistence to think something is going to change. I struggle with that. Shame on me because I know that God is all-powerful. I know that God answers prayers. But that's not even the point. The point isn't what God is going to do. The point is, am I willing to be persistent? Am I willing to keep praying uh, and asking God to do something? I don't like to be import show opportunity. I don't like to show persistence. What are my options? Okay, because there are other options besides just asking God to do something. The first option you have is to uh, take care of the situation on your own. Figure out my own way to solve my own problems. Now, I'm going to get that's okay, so that's the first one. Deal with it myself. So I can take matters into my own hands. Uh, you know, if, if you have somebody who rakes your name through the mud, okay, uh, what, what can I do in order to take that into my own hands? I could go rake their name through the mud. I could go beat them up. I could go do something physical back to them or some verbal thing to take it into my own hands and say, that was not nice. Here, get a taste of what it's like. I can take it into my own hands. If I have a need that I need met, if I have a financial need that I need met or an emotional need and somebody's not meeting it, I can take it into my own hands to go somewhere else to have that need met. And that's an easy option because we all can figure out this is exactly what I need this is exactly how I can solve my own problems. I don't have to wait. I don't have to pray and ask God to do something. I can figure out what I want and take care of it right now. The second option you could do is to just give up on God. You know, you can spend time praying. You know, there's lots of people like these women that I said are praying for their husbands to get saved. And you could say, you know what? God did not answer my prayer. He didn't make this happen. God isn't real. I'm giving up on God. I don't care. And then kind of revert back to step one, which is to solve the problem on my own, or my first option. And that's not the right way to be as well. The third option is to be persistent in prayer, to be the squeaky will in God's ears. Verse 7, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night, day and night? Anybody like to... Pray for something all day long, all night long, all day long, all night long until it's finally solved? No, I don't. It's, it's difficult to do that. But God says to do it. And so I'm challenging you like I have to do myself. I have to learn to be persistent, to be 
uh, shameless and, and bold in my prayers. We looked at this back in Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 10, about the guy who says, you know what? I have these friends that showed up, and I need bread. I don't have anything to feed them. I'm going to my neighbor's house, and I'm going to knock on the door, even though it's embarrassing, even though it's hard, even though his family is in bed, and they don't want to get up. I'm going to keep knocking. The guy says, go away. Go away. He says, no, I'm not going away. I'm going to keep knocking. And be, not because the guy is his friend, he gets up and gives him his bread. It's because of the guy's boldness. It's because of his importunity. It's because of his shameless persistence that this guy finally says, okay, I'll get up and give you exactly what you need. Just take it and go away. And we're encouraged to pray the same way. Does God look at you like he looks at me and say that, you know what, uh, fill in your own name, that, you know, Leslie is that uh, that one who's going to be persistent and one who's going to keep praying? Or does he look at you like me and say, you know what, Leslie's just like Josh. Josh is an importunity. He's not persistent. He's not determined. Only you can answer that question because you guys are the only ones who know your own prayer lives. Are you persistent? Are you determined? Or you just say, you know what, I'm going to throw up a prayer here and there, and if God does something great, if not, I'm just going to take care of my situation on my own. Now, I wish I could say that that was a guarantee that you are going to get what you want. Okay, I really wish it was. But it's not, because God has more going on in this lifetime than to, to answer, to give me what I want all the time. Because you know what I'd like right now? I'd like 60 degrees and rain right now. Anybody else says I like that? Nobody? Okay, we got a couple people. Anybody here says I'd like snow so much that there's no school tomorrow? Okay, we got a couple people like that. Anybody say, you know what? It's really nice down in Texas. I'd like to have some more weather right now, right? Anybody? Yeah, see? How's God going to do that? We're going to be going light switch, light switch, light switch, light switch in order to, to try to satisfy everything, everybody, in every situation. It doesn't work. Life is not all about me. I wish it was. I, I, would, I, I would be the squeaky wheel to get the, the grease, right, if it was all about me, but that's not how it works. You think about Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 to 9. He had a thorn in his flesh. Now, there's different views of what that thorn might be. It could be the lack of the loss of being able to see well because he's been persecuted and he's been beat so many times he can't hardly see and he prays three times. Maybe that's three specific prayers or maybe these are three huge lengths of time where he prayed, God, please take this thorn away from my, I don't want this problem anymore. And God says, you know what? I'm not going to do that. My grace is sufficient for my power is made perfect in weakness. God can do something positive through a negative situation. So just because you don't get what you want doesn't mean that God doesn't care, that God doesn't have something bigger that he wants to do. Uh, Luke chapter 22. We'll, we'll see this about Easter time, uh, assuming I can keep on schedule with what I'm hoping to do. Luke chapter 22, verse 39. It says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching to the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. He knelt down and he prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but your will be done. Anybody really glad that that cup was not taken from Jesus? Because that meant that he was going to die on the cross so that we could have salvation. If that was taken from him, if he did not have to do that anymore, uh, none of us would be going to heaven. So this was a prayer that I can say, thank you, God, for doing what was best for me even though it was tough for Jesus. And God works that way on a multitude of levels. He might do something what's best for Anita, but it might be hard on Leslie. 
because he's working everything. Everything's intertwined. We don't see how. We don't know how. But God's working things out. And I praise God for that. Anybody here ever prayed for something, or, or not pray for something, but been persistent in asking for something that you didn't want, and you got it? I did. When I was uh, right out of high school, I was told if I wanted a job to work for the county, be persistent. Call, call, call. I did. They said, we don't have a job. We don't have a job. We don't have a job. Finally, I got a job. I had to wake up at 4 in the morning and drive a whole hour away, or 5 in the morning, and then I had to get on this big tractor with, uh, like, those mowers that mow across down the highways to mow those, feet, those uh, the sides of the roads so, like you park. You can, anyway, that's what I got to do. I hated it. I absolutely, I'm like, I want to be the guy who holds the stop sign. That's it. I don't want to drive anything. I don't want that kind of responsibility. I had to try to sharpen my blades. I had to try to follow a map. I can't do that kind of thing. I'm built like, forgive me if this offends you, like a woman. I cannot do those kinds of manly things, okay? And so I hated it. And I lasted for like three weeks. And I finally was like, I am done. I, I, I asked for this over and over and over. I finally got it, and I did not want it. You know, Romans 8, 28 and 29, another familiar passage that talks about uh, how, why God allows, kind of like why things work out the way they do. It says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So everything that I'm going through is for my good, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. You know, I would suggest uh, if you're praying for something or you're going through a tough time to learn that uh, lesson right now. Because I have learned the same, gone through being taught the same lesson over and over and over until finally I got it. Because God's going to teach you or do what it takes to make you like Jesus. So whether he answers your prayers the way you want or whether he doesn't, his goal is to make you like Jesus. And that's a, that's a really tough thing to have to do. I mean, Jesus is perfect. I'm, I'm like way down here. I'm not even remotely close. God's got a lot of work to do to make me perfect. And so he's going to do whatever it takes to make me like Jesus. And if that means he's not going to answer my prayer the way I want it to, then that's what he's going to do. But like I said, this isn't about why God answers them or why he doesn't or how he's going to answer. The, I, the, the thought behind this is, are you, meaning me, willing to be persistent, to be determined to pray, to ask God over and over, or do I, or do I really not care with what I want? If I'm willing to give God my prayers, my, my stresses in my life, the, the hardships that I'm facing, uh, Isaiah verse 40, you know, it talks about those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. If I'm willing to give it to him, I'm going to have my hope renewed. I'm not going to run around with all this weight on my shoulders that I can't handle, that I can't carry. I can be at peace because I know that he has it. Isaiah 26 verses 3 and 4 says, You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. You want peace in your life? Give your situation to God and trust him to take care of it. Trust in the Lord, for the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. And justice will come. When the timing for your answer to come, for, for whatever you need to have remedy to come, it will come about. The situation will be resolved. The wisdom will come when you need it. But it all comes down to God's timing. It all comes down to God's will of what he wants to have accomplished. Now, when the disciples were hearing this, they were hearing this uh, as for the second coming of Christ. Is he going to find that people are 
uh, are, that, are, that do they have faith? And I want to I fast forward to today because that point is going to come. But what about today? If Jesus was to take me home today because I got an accident or because the rapture happened, uh, would he say, I found faith in Josh today? Would, I say, would he say, I found faith in Plovna Baptist Church today? Because we, we all have situations of doubt. We all have situations of struggle. Uh, are we persistent in, in praying to him? Would he say, these people, they love me. These people trust me. And I, I, I admit it. I, I think at that, and by God's grace, I will improve. I'm, I'm, I'm going to strive to be persistent, to keep on praying. Even when I feel like it's an impossibility, I'm going to try to keep praying. And God willing, he will help me to do that. Be persistent. Be the squeak will. God will listen to your prayers and he will answer them. Just be persistent. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are God who loves me. God, I'm, I'm just somebody who, who has a little bit of faith. God, who, who is not very persistent. God, who wants things his own way and, and gets upset when things don't go his way. God, I just pray that you'd help me to be more persistent. God, I know that you are good. And if anybody here in this church feels like, you know what, I'm not persistent either, God, I pray that you'd help us to be persistent and to just keep waiting and to keep waiting, not trying to take matters into our own, own hands, but to trust you to deal with them. God, thank you for being good. Thank you for being patient, being willing to listen to our cries over and over. I just praise you for being so good to us. In Jesus' name, amen.